With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. It takes a lot of ingredients to fix or build a car. Like cooking, but without the frozen dinner, easy way out. eBay Motors has 122 million parts. It's always the right fitment, so you can follow any recipe to a T. Whether it's a vintage Italian coupe that's classic like grandma's meatballs or a German luxury car that's as complicated as Oma's Rouladen. To cook up something great in the garage, use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. It's the Blue Room. It is the instant match reaction for Everton 5, Fleetwood Town 2. Uh, getting used to saying that score line, of course. Um, joining me to go through that pretty uneventful game, really, uh, Mark Mosey. And Rob Vera. And do you know what, lads? We'll start off with what we just saw from pretty much the last action of the game. Uh, Niels and Cuckoo, my word, Moe's absolute filth with the fucking able to set up Moyes Keen. And he was mm. fantastic all night again, wasn't he? He looks, he looks like he needs to go to Marseille and ask what they were thinking for <laughs> the whole of his time there, for Salmon to Everton, for, for such a cut price. Um, Honestly, the the assurance you get from watching him, I think, you go back a few weeks and you think, well, if anything, God forbid, was to happen to Luca Dean, this club would be in real trouble. Uh, and the, the biggest compliment you could pay to the lad is that you, you feel so content with him being in an Everton starting eleven. Um, the, the way he marauds up and down that left-hand side, his ability to create connections with players who are in front of him or alongside him, regardless of who they are. He's already had Anthony Gordon, Bernard, Richarlison, Luke Dean playing as a makeshift centre-half alongside him. Everything looks just seamless for him. Um, he looks totally unfazed by, by obviously new challenges. And as, as much as they have been relatively mediocre in terms of standard at the moment, he looks as though someone who is progressing up the path very, very quickly. I know he was brought into predominantly this season anyway, play a key role in the under-23 squad, but it, already two games of Carabao Cup football in, it looks as though that is that is way beyond him now. So 
Um, do you, you hope that his progression obviously continues. Um, in a backward way, we hope that we don't see him too much in the Premier League because we, we, we know that we want Luca Dean to, to play every single game possible. But it's, it's so nice to know that the, the strength in depth, which we all know is required to go far in tournaments like the Carabao Cup, is absolutely there. Yeah, I think I think if there's maybe a bit of recency bias, Rob, but you know, in regards to to Nkunku, the you know, it's so to come off the watch a game like that where I was in a one five two, our star four we scored a couple of goals. You know, a few of our lads we've been talking about a lot scored a lot of goals, and you know, Twitter for, for my part, apart from Jordan Pickford, of course, who we'll come on to talk about a little bit later, is just full of excitement and, and praise for this lad, and you know, to. To come over here, you know, from Marseille, to come over here in such difficult circumstances with the way the world is at the moment, uh, to be given games as a 19-year-old and, you know, sort of have the chance there to be, not, not replace Leighton Bain, so to speak, but become, the, you know, the secondary left-back in the side. He's just taken it all completely in his stride, hasn't he? And we've mm. questioned Marcel Brands a lot over the last few weeks and we've asked about his role at the football club and the sort of things he does, but... It looks as though he picked up a steal with this. Because like, you're already looking at it saying, if he doesn't play another game for Everton again, they're going to triple. They're going to get more than 300, 400, 500% of what they paid for him. Yeah, wasn't he technically a free agent? I think he was £500,000, wasn't he? He cost us. Yeah. West Ham paid £5 million for him tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, yeah. <laughs> well, look, you know, I mean, everyone... You guys have all been dying for Marcel Brands to find a young, obscure, hard-to-pronounce kid who's really good, who didn't cost much money. So here you go. There's there's <laughs> Nielsen Cuckoo. Um, I, you know, I, I mean, I, you know, I mean, maybe he, I think he's going to do great for the under twenty threes this year, right? You know, I mean, okay. Now look, he's he's been fantastic, and I think that in all honesty. It's sometimes it's hard to know what to make of performances like this from young players against these sorts of sides because you can you can do the thing where you're like well but it's Fleetwood Town or well it's it's Salford but you know my counter to that would be you know on the other side of the pitch uh, John Joe Kenny has just returned from a year in the Bundesliga and you know he didn't make a mistake tonight but I didn't really notice him at all either um, some people some players just have have it and you know some some don't and I'm not I'm again I'm, I'm not trying to make this about John Joe Kenny he, he was fine I, it's just that and Cuckoo is one of those players who has stepped in and, and looked at this opportunity to get meaningful time because Everton had not really prioritized uh, a, a backup left back. And frankly, they've made that a moot point because he's just come in and not only produced, but he's done so stylishly in an electric way. Um, I was really worried going into the season about what, what it was going to look like without having that that tape, that kind of comfort blanket of Leighton Baines uh, behind uh, Luca Dean, but uh, now I'm just kind of thinking, man, are, what kind of creative ways can we find to get this guy in the lineup? Uh, if, you, if you're, you know, you could. I mean, let's be honest too. We've only got two fit center halves, so we're only really one injury away from from all kinds of weird scenarios. Uh, obviously, that that's not ideal, but. 
uh, and Cuckoo looks like an, an absolute electric talent. And hey, we've we've wanted uh, us we've wanted uh, Everton to find young, exciting players uh, to bring in uh, that that people hadn't heard of and that that were were really kind of fulfilling the Marcel Brands uh, Jedi Master promise. And, and I think that this is uh, this at least this example right here is is definitely one of his big finds, and and I'm really excited. Yeah, uh, let us know if you're watching this on YouTube, your thoughts on uh, Nkunku's performance. And let us know if you thought it was Everton's man of the match tonight as well, because I think there are a lot of really good performances out there. Uh, not many, like you said, apart from the goalkeeper, who probably dipped below 7 out of 10 today for the, for the performance. The, a lot of accomplished displays from the Blues, who, of course, are into the, the next round now where they'll, they'll face West Ham. Uh, just on the, the performance overall, Mose, um, I think I mean, we have got to take this into separate entities really haven't we because the, the scoreline and the position Everton were in the game at one point of 3-2 um, it looked a, a little bit dicey and people were starting to get a, a little bit worried by it but I think if you're judging the outfield players as a whole for 80-90% of that match I thought they played really well they controlled the game they were creative they were fluid in their attacking play uh, balance in, in a lot of areas of the pitch as well and a lot of players who, who came into the side who we've been looking at saying well you know the gauntlet's been laid down to you now effectively because you, you've got to start producing with these new signings in fairness to the likes of Awobi the likes of Bernard this is that opportunity tonight yeah I think if if as a neutral you turn on tonight and know that it's 3-2 you get rather undeservingly excited about the prospect of what is going to be a really tight standard cup tie feel. I don't I don't really think I ever have that. I think bar bar the obvious mistakes at the back, we were pretty much in control for the duration. Uh, I, I think if Calvert Lewin puts us 3-0 up just before half time, then it potentially gets even more chaotic for, for Fleetwood. But disappointing obviously that we were we were so capable in, in affording a couple of goals away and it, it, there is a little bit of that feel for me and that Everton are not going to be the team who keep consistent clean sheets this season. Um, that is probably forced on me, that opinion, by the fact that our defence is obviously a little bit ropey at the moment in terms of availability. But as you rightly said, on the ball and going forward, we consistently look dangerous. Um, people like Alex Awobi and Bernard, th- th- these are the stages where you expect them to put their foot down and, and really force the issue, not only on the night in order to get the results, but in order to justify their place in the squad as well. Um, and, and there are refreshing moments in games like this where you see where some players make sense. Someone like Bernard, for example, who, regardless of the game time and, and his physicality and, and other things that have been thrown at him, if you put him on the edge of the box with the ball at his feet, I feel an assurance that he will make yeah. the correct decision. Um, we were all calling goal before the ball even bounced at his feet tonight because there is that that assurance about him being clinical in front of goal, consistent, reliable in terms of finding a man. It, it's not always like that with other players in this squad, but... We we know that in this competition we we need to try and against our better judgment to consistently have Calvert Lewin and, and Richarlison and James Rodriguez involved and as much as we want to see those players there needs to be an element of of squad rotation. I think it's a it, it's a good all round performance. I quite like I, I like seeing players playing out of position and seeing how 
Harvey adapt and in particular the one for me tonight as much as it wasn't a glamorous performance I looked at someone like Luca Dean at centre half and thought as, as much as it wasn't a great technical performance from Dean because quite honestly it didn't have to be it, it, it struck me as a captain's performance it looked as though he really led from the back and obviously there's a great deal on his shoulders in terms of bringing on someone like Nkuku and I think he, he looks so comfortable at left back because there is someone like Luca Dean in that effective captain's role. So I think, yeah, bar the obvious at the back, there's a there's a general feeling of of positivity about the club at the moment. You hear commentators over here, Rob on Sky Sports, wax and lyrical about the the feel-good factor about this club at the moment. It feels like regardless of competition or regardless of opposition, there is an ability of Everton to look within and think we are capable of winning this game. Um, and the fact that we're putting, what, 10 goals in two games, regardless of standard, is way beyond any expectations that any Evertonian could have had on the back of what was a, a really troubling post-lockdown period at the end of last season. Yeah, it was standouts for you, Rob. You know, we, we know what Richarlison can do to, to a degree. You know, he, he's good in the air, he finishes chances, and, and we've seen him do that a lot for a long time, but... I think the, the one for me, and I saw you tweeting about him during the game as well, to sort of preempt what you, you're going to say here, is, is Bernard. And I, I sort of looked at his performance tonight, and I, I, I think now with the structure Everton have got potentially in that midfield with Alan and Decore, the one position that potentially could be up for grabs in there is that one to the left mm. of that three, where, you, where Gomez has been playing, where you've got a bit more license to push forward and create and pick the ball up. And sort of looked at that and watching that tonight and thinking, if Everton are at home against a side that's struggling, sitting deep in the Premier League or the nil-nil and the chasing a goal or trying to find a way back into the game, then I think Bernard could be really useful bringing on and just putting in that positioning to get on the ball a little bit deeper, get your head up and find those little passes, that, you know, the sort of things that we saw him play tonight. And, I think he, he obviously had a, a tough end to last season, played in a few different positions, but you were right what you said on Twitter in regards to whenever he's been given a chance so far in pre-season or this season, um, he's, he's looked purposeful, he's looked switched on, he's looked sharp. Well, yeah, and I, I don't want to oversimplify it, but I mean, a lot of what you've just said um, about the the theory of the case for Bernard Bernard is what you could also say about Alex Awobi too. Uh, they both came in and again, you can only play who's in front of you, but they, I, I think we're seeing more evidence that their particular set of skills uh, and, you know, to talk about Bernard particularly, that's, you know, that, that scenario that you outline of us being in a game playing against a side that's going to put everyone behind the ball and just kind of, you know, need us to unlock things. That was always sort of the theory with Bernard, at least when we first signed him, I thought, well, he's going to probably play a lot in those sort of scenarios. He'll play in the middle a little bit. He has been absolutely wasted. His talent and skill set have been wasted uh, on the wing for me. I'd say the exact same thing about Alex Awobi. They both we they've both been trying to shoehorn those guys in on the left hand side, and you put them in the middle where they are not You know, in in their particular scenarios, it's it's their ability on the ball to kind of pick out these little short passes and to kind of stay with it um, and to kind of make those plays in tight spaces that I think is more in line with what their particular strengths are compared to, um, you know, the, the type of 
the type of thing that you see from Anthony, Anthony Gordon, though I think Gordon long-term can play anywhere across the midfield, you see why Anthony Gordon with his size and with his particular speed and, you know, his, his relative physicality is, is kind of a good, good positional player on the wing. I don't think that's the case with Bernard and, and with Awobi. Again, as Mark alluded to, we're going to need these players uh, for these cup games. But I, I guarantee to your point about – is there a position in that that first team, you know, league side um, that is potentially going to have some opportunities? Yeah, you could say it's Gomez, uh, where where sometimes a Bernard or an Awobi might come in in that position. Um, I would also say that that really theoretically any of those three are going to need to sit at some point. You're going to need to rotate guys in and find ways to make them useful. But particularly uh, Decore and Gomes, I think there will be times where um, those guys, can, you know, will will be rusted. Will have a will pick up a knock, what have you. We've got to have guys that, regardless of the scenario, and again, this is a League One side, and I understand that they need to be able to carry with them multiple consecutive performances where they've come in and made an impact and they've played well and they've gained some confidence because I think that that, that really translates well into every subsequent performance. And, and with Bernard, I, it, tonight was really the best version of, of him. Um, and it was him finally getting that goal. I thought he it was just, it's been coming. It feels like for weeks now and, uh, he really deserved it, but I just thought he was he was great all around. And the effort that was the other yeah. thing too. The effort from those guys, and really all across the board, with you know maybe one exception, is was certainly there tonight. He's so refined on the ball, Richard, uh, Bernard. That you think I I'm so confident that if he starts a game, he creates an opportunity where you think that that's a that's a really good goal scoring chance. He's got that ability to to see people ahead of him. And I think the the nature of our our strongest attacking lineup with Hammers and Richarlison is that they it, it it's quite often a very intricate build up play. Whereas you've got someone like Alex Awobi who is he's so much more raw than Bernard in terms of it, it 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 does feel like a little bit of a struggle at times to create those sorts of chances. I mean you, you don't, for example, see someone like Bernard hitting a shot from 35 yards and hitting the crossbar. And in the same breath, you don't see Alex Awobi being able to play that chipped ball over the top for, for Richarlison. It, as Rob said, it, it's nice to have these weapons in your arsenal. But I think out of the two, if you were going to pick someone who Everton are going to have to look to at varying points of the season, it is someone like Bernard because... We know the job that Decore and Alan can do, but he is the man who just brings that third central midfield position 15 to 20 yards forward more, just being able to be that link with the front three. Um, Andre Gomez, we hope, is going to potentially be that person, Abdelai Decore, to an extent. But in terms of being more of an out-and-out attacking midfielder, I think Bernard is, is clearly the option, I think. Alex Awobi kind of had to force himself into the game tonight. He looked a little bit petrified of the football for the first 20 minutes, which which was a bit strange. But I think that the opportunity that he got and hitting the crossbar kind of opened him up a little bit. But certainly, certainly positives from, from some of the midfield players who a lot were starting to write off towards the end of last season. Yeah, I, I thought it Awobi played well, to be fair, tonight as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you're right. Early on, he, he struggled to sort of link up with John Joe Kenny. They don't really feel like a, a natural partnership on the right-hand side, them two. It would have been the first time they, they played together on that side, of course, wouldn't it? And 
obviously a lot of stuff was coming down the, the right hand side but McGee plays the pass in the build up to Bernard's goal into Gordon which is really smart he obviously scores himself and I think he's just sometimes you, the you, back heel the back heel assists man back heel assist, yeah that was beautiful <laughs> yeah that was that was wonderful and, and you look you watch him do stuff like that and you know he's strong in the box he can hold it up well and you know he, he, he comes in off that line well sometimes and, and I like the idea of Alex Awobi and what he can potentially offer because when he plays well and he shows what he's all about, he, he is a little bit different. He's a conventional attacking midfielder or, or wide player. It's just getting him in the team and getting that consistently mm-hmm. from him. And you know, mm-hmm. if, you know, he's done himself no harm tonight whatsoever. But I think we've seen in the past that he has a game like this and then he'll come in in, a, in another game further down the line and he won't quite be on it. So I suppose it's the same for, for all these players and it's finding that consistency. You know, these players have all shown these flashes before. You've got to be able to find some consistency in, in what they do. Uh, just quickly read through some of the comments. Uh, we're going to come on to talk about Jordan Pickford next after read through some of these. So if you've got any thoughts on him, um, which I'm sure plenty of you do, uh, <laughs> leave them in the comments below and I'll read through them. Uh, very first comment from Tufi saying, I think we've got the two left backs, best left backs in the league. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, live a bit, great attitude shown to come back every time they concede. Pickford must go. Gordon looks like a genuine quality player. We haven't even mentioned that, me, Gordon, but we're coming on again. Um, yeah. re- really, really involved and, you know, it's... You would have been disappointed, Rob, not to have been in, in the side starting eleven, particularly after going and knocking on Carlo's door. Maybe, maybe yeah. he was drinking on the bench at the start of the game. That might not have been the best idea, but um, definitely had the bit between his teeth when he came on again tonight. Yeah, I, I, it was so surprising because that that sto- you know they you know how the clubs will always float these little interesting uh, stories from behind the scenes. And, and I thought, well, guys, they're, they're, they're not going to float that story about Anthony Gordon being upset about not playing and then not starting tonight. But lo and behold, they did. And, and we were all kind of curious about the lineup in general. I think we all kind of thought it was a bit awkward. But I mean, they, they, came, out and, uh, they came out and played really well. So it's, it's hard to argue with it too much. But yeah, uh, Anthony Gordon... Once again, and you've mentioned this before several times, Matt, that, that he seems like a player who in many ways is uniquely positioned to come onto the pitch as a sub in a game and really and just make things happen. You know, I, I, it, it is the way that he, he gets, uh, you know, he's a very positive player in terms of getting towards the, uh, towards the, uh, the attacking net and, and getting balls in and, and taking shots. I mean, he, he's just someone who's going to make, make those things happen. And again, tonight, uh, I don't know if he had two assists or if there's a hockey assist in there somewhere, but essentially he was, uh, he was involved uh, from the get-go. And, and uh, yeah, absolutely fantastic. And I think what will be really interesting uh, moving forward with these performances is how you evaluate this and then say, all right, um, you know, who's going to be coming off the bench in the league? I, I would be shocked at, at this point. Maybe not. Maybe shock's the wrong word because of we've got some kind of weird positional issues with you know lacking a center half. So maybe you have to accommodate somewhere else. But you know it feels like he's earned his way at least into the squad for uh, the game against Palace. Yeah, yeah. Just I just love the fearless positivity. Um, so so often we've seen not only Everton players but footballers in general who play out wide, and I think Richarlison is quite often guilty of this, whereby. He'll get on the ball in really positive situations and square a fullback up, but don't really have the ability to keep the pace of the game going. And 
sprint with the ball, whereas every time Anthony Gordon gets on it, he looks as though he wants to take that full back to task every single time, try and beat him inside, try and get to the byline. His constant thought is how do I impact the opposition's goal? And I know that really sounds basic for an attacking player, but he, he's got quite an individual style. I think the one thing that we haven't seen from him so far is developing understandings with other players around him. Mm. We, we spoke about Nkuku and Richarlison, and it all looks quite natural. Whereas I think with, with Anthony Gordon, because it's he's so intrinsically positive that every time he gets on the ball, he thinks, I'm going to score a goal here. And maybe that may change after his first Everton goal. He he looks as though someone who is already desperate to make that sort of massive impact, which which obviously his first goal will be. But I think the the key thing you've said is that he he perfectly fits his place in the squad at the moment. He doesn't necessarily have to have the the understanding with other players and be part of that team build going forward. I know that sounds crazy to say, but his his reason for being on that pitch at the moment is to change football games for Everton's better. And if his way of doing that is to be sort of relentlessly positive going forward with the ball on his own, then let the lad develop that way. And the maturity that we need later will, will definitely come with years. Uh, just before we go on to speak about Pickford, uh, one of my favourite comments so far, uh, Bradley EFC. Uh, is this what Mo- Mosey looks like? Sounds like he looked like David Baddiel? I know that reference. I was going to say I'll take that, but I absolutely won't. Yeah, for any, for any more American or new Colombian viewers, uh, don't forget you'll get that one. But if yeah. he said, uh, no harm, fair news. Um, yeah. Jordan Pickford. Um, mm. I mean, I'll come to you first on this one, Rob. I've just seen it again on Sky here in the background while I've been doing this, the, the first one. And to, to be honest, it sort of looks like the striker gives up a little bit on the chase because he sees Pickford got time to clear it away and thinks that it's, it's going to just go up the pitch. And then he sort of shapes to take that second touch and the two players close in on him and... You know, I've, I've seen a lot of people say, I had someone on Twitter say to me, this is just as Mike, much Michael Keane's fault for that goal as it is for, for Jordan Pickford. But I think he's just mm-hmm. got to ultimately clear his lines. And then the second one is just, the whole thing is indicative of a goalkeeper that's totally unsure of himself at the moment. Set, unsettling defenders and his own players by going to come for the cross initially, then sprinting back. And then, let's be honest, the shot straight at him. And he oh. finds a way of, of somehow fudging it into the into the corner um, and, and listen, you know, we're not being hyperbolic with this at all. This is not this is not you know having a go and, and giving stick to a player who's who's made a couple of mistakes in a game and we're saying cast them aside. Now this has been a long running problem for a long time, and in a season where at the start of a season rather where we're all getting very excited about what this Everton team can do. Uh, we're into the last 16 of a cup competition. We've won our first two league games. We've got some wonderful players. Um, what Jordan, Pick- Jordan Pickford's performance tonight will probably plant a few seeds of doubt in the mind of a few Blues and, and temper, some ex- uh, temper some expectations because it's just becoming a regular thing this now, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, look, you can chalk up uh, <laughs> a, a weird freak moment here and there as just uh, the way that the ball bounces sometimes. But this is, you know, look, uh, this has been – you know, having these sorts of kind of mental errors and 
just the, a complete, almost like the, the light switch got turned off uh, for a minute uh, on, you know, these, these moments of, uh, you know, I don't know, panic, poor decision-making, poor execution, et cetera. Um, you know, I mean, there's just too many, there's too many mistakes. It's, it's a position that can be very cruel at times because of the way in which that position is evaluated. On one hand, there are goals that, that they won't be blamed for a lot of the time. Um, but uh, when, when the goals are, that they give up are, are as bad as some of the ones that Pickford has, has given up. And, and specifically the impact that, that it has, um, you know, I'm not worried about, you know, like at the end of the day, it's not really important whether or not the Everton supporters uh, are super happy with Jordan Pickford. It's about whether or not he, his performances, um, you know, it's not about unnerving us. It's about unnerving his own, you know, the, the 10 guys in front of him. Um, and I think that once you start as a central defender or really anyone uh, in a position in front of a keeper, once you start having that seed of doubt about your keeper, it has a dom begins to have a domino effect on, do I step up here? Do I do, you know, what, how conservative do I have to be? And, and really you don't want, you don't want those guys having to think like that. Um, but the, but the bottom line is, is that in a game like this, it, it didn't ultimately hurt us uh, from the standpoint that we won the, won the tie, but what it does, what it did do. And I think Patty was really astute in pointing this out is that we took a game that was completely dominated by Everton um, where we were really comfortable and we had an opportunity, you know, to get Calvert-Lewin off at halftime and probably we're going to get Richarlison off pretty quickly uh, after that. I mean, frankly, if, if Calvert-Lewin scores that goal right at the end of the first half, maybe, maybe they both go off. I don't know. Hmm. Once you allow it to become a game again, then you're having to stress that much more, extend minutes more for players that you didn't want to play as much and so on. And it just, it just has this detrimental effect. And, the 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 real question i think that we all i think people have been asking but now that we're actually in a position to be good which i know seems really foreign to us but like let's be honest we we have a real opportunity to push for top 6 if we have fitness which is true for every every side right what is the biggest threat to a game with margins as fine as this um, I think Jordan Pickford is clearly the biggest, biggest uh, glaring hole mm -hmm. for us. Um, and uh, that, that worries me because the time is now uh, for us to, to try to push forward. And, you know, again, that big giant contract extension he was given just hangs like an albatross over this thing. He, his, his value is not where it needs to be. And there's nothing you can really do about it. And so, uh, you know, and the other thing I would point out to you guys is that I, there aren't in, in this, my, my operating theory for the Premier League this season um, is that, that more sides are going to give up goals than, and there's going to be more fluid and open play than maybe ever before. And, and my theory about that has to do with the fact that many of these sides barely had a break in, you know, between the two seasons. Um, you're, you're having games thick and fast, League Cup games every week. Um, there are going to be some tired bodies out there, and therefore there will be mental mistakes. Uh, there will be uh, more scoring, I, I believe, because of those mental lapses. And so I don't need us to get a clean sheet every time to prove that we're a good team. I mean, the, if we can create chances, that's fine. Yeah. 
But ultimately, Jordan Pickford, though, in those games where the margins are fine, where we need him to not only just make a cool looking save but also to be able to command his box not you know commit an unforced error that really costs us I mean these are all things that, that really begin to matter and it goes back to my idea that I just want a boring goal goaltender who's going to give me a six six or, or really give me a seven out of ten every week even if he's not quote good on the ball and kicking it and, and again I don't think Pickford's that great at it anymore anyway that's what I want I still want it and and yes this this does worry me uh, final way to you, Moe's, on, on Pickford, then we'll, we'll, we'll quickly wrap up some comments. Yeah, just on, on the point that Rob made about six or seven out of ten every week, for a good five minutes after Fleetwood's second goal, I just sat staring longingly into space, craving Joel Robles being back. Because, and, and oh, that's, yeah. that's how bad it is. It was just, it, it's just your basic goalkeeper who comes out and does most of the time the right thing. Whereas with Pickford, it, it there's this, this all or nothing feel. And the seed of doubt that's planted, we saw 10 minutes after the goal where Michael Keane's running back towards his own goal, pretty much on his own penalty spot, and feels that spraying a 40-yard ball out to, to Nkuka at left-back is the better option, um, which he, he did technically very well. But I think if you, if you cycle back half an hour in the game, he probably lays that off to Pickford and we clear our lines and, and there's absolutely no chance of danger. I think the, the big worry for me with, with tonight's errors are there has always been a seed of doubt about Jordan Pickford's ability to command the box. And that is something that we have consistently been able to put aside because his strengths are in distribution and in shot stopping. And more and more as we go along now, these errors, in particular with the latter, seem to be in areas of what we have classically held as relative strength for Pickford. Um, now, go back two seasons, I don't, I don't feel nerves when he's on the ball in any situation. And for the most part, he is still comfortable in terms of, you know, basic kicking. But whenever, what, what nights like tonight do is that when you see two attackers charging that goalkeeper down, you can guarantee that, Brighton and Crystal Palace probably look at that now for the next couple of weeks and think, we're going to put this lad under pressure. Yeah. We're going to take every shot we can. Every time that ball gets rolled back to him and there's one slight bobble on that Sellers Park pitch, someone's going to be in his face because we know that we can get under his skin. And I think the, the second goal is, it, it's all of every Evertonian's worst fears about what Jordan Pickford can be. The hesitation coming out for the ball, the kind of scattergun approach to try and get himself back into a situation to just be there to save the shot. And when an inevitably tame shot does come in, it's the whole, it, it's the over-dramatization of what a goalkeeper should be. As you rightly said, Matt, it's straight at him. He stands there, he makes a save. Okay, if he, if he feels like a dive is essential, he gets a strong enough palm on it to palm it out to safety because there's enough Everton players there to, to cover the situation. But it, all, it always feels like he's trying to do far too much with every situation. The, it, whether it's goal kicks or shot stopping, it, you get the sense that the whole personality overrides his, his role within the squad. And he's, getting, he's probably more Joe Hart than Joe Hart ever was now. And I think that was the main concern when he came in, is that the, the aura of being one of England's best goalkeepers and you know, 
Evertonians don't like to envisage this lad as England's number one, but you know that that's how he sees himself. Yeah. And it, it feels as though the, the desire to impress is way, way over and beyond the skill set that the lad has now, to the point where we are now coming to the end of a transfer window, looking at, as Rob said, what is hopefully going to be the start of a new successful era under Carlo Ancelotti. And that fellow's got to go home tonight and think, is is this a real priority for the next four or five weeks? And honestly, if he was to sit down and think, we need to go out and buy a goalkeeper, I don't really think many of us could have an argument with that at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just before we wrap up, I'll quickly rattle through some comments. Um, Giovanni Botello said the money should be going in on a new goalkeeper. I'm concerned about... Pickford, Ben, Ellis saying I was sitting there in complete relaxation in order to have our play. And five minutes into the second half, I'm trying to rip the TV down off its brackets. Uh, Pickford made that <laughs> unnecessarily uncomfortable. I think it's absolutely fair enough in that sense. Uh, Daniel Wilson, lots of exciting signs so far this season, but can we realistically get European football with Pickford in goal? Mm. Uh, Ronaldo, Macari, fantastic football name. That. Uh, Pickford needs to be gone. Uh, Palace will rip him apart. Uh, the keeper is the rock of the team. Pickford is a pebble, and it's not helping Everton at all. Get him up the road. Um, unknown, unknown. Pickford's time is over. Joey 11, T Rex memes everywhere. Um, Callum Whitley, Pickford doesn't have any competition, so he can do what he likes without worrying about being dropped. Um, a, lot of, a lot of people ask us to speak about Nkunku. We started the show with that because he was that good, obviously. So you can go back. You can go back and, and listen to it. Uh, just Giov- Giovanni said as well. I started following Everton since Hamez and Mina. Uh, so well, welcome to the welcome to welcome. the welcome to the Blues, mate. Uh, but he said he thinks Romero, thinks Romero could be better as well. Uh, a few shouts for Romero actually in the comments there as well. But uh, uh, we are go on, Rob. Man, very I, want, I want to address because I saw this in two of the comments. C- can we not do the thing about Moise Keane is not smiling enough? I mean, give me a break. Uh, all right. <laughs> He scored, yeah. scored two goals. He scored two goals in two games. You were all complaining about him not scoring. He's scoring goals. So just, you know, it's five two at the very end of the game on a cold rainy night. There's no one in the crowd. Just, it's not a big deal, okay? Richarlison doesn't smile when he scores tonight either. I mean, it's it's not a big I mean, deal, guy. If he scores, to, if he goes relax. wild and does a knee slide, scoring the fifth goal against the uh, oh, yeah. year, fourth team. Yeah. You know. Team, everyone says what an idiot, you know, all that sort of thing. So, I suppose he can't win in that sense, but at least he got on the score sheet. Uh, just a quick reminder to everybody watching this uh, in your bottom right hand corner, there will be a button to press, and that makes you subscribe. And you'll get notified whenever we do any of these live videos or put any other videos up. Uh, do give the little thumbs up a like as well, it's dead easy to do. It may not seem like much, but it helps get the video out there, more people watching, more people involved. And that means we can do more of these than ever. Uh, also, we've got more and more people subscribing to our stuff over on Patreon. Uh, we're doing tons of new shows, uh, patreon.com slash the Blue Room Extra, including Dave Downey's first ever Blue Room 101 tomorrow, which should be fantastic. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, I will have Blue Room breakfast in the morning, just bringing you all the reaction from the game tonight, including Carlo Ancelotti's quotes. Uh, Alex Wobie, I think, has been doing the press as well. So just all the reaction on that. But uh, thanks very much to everyone tuning into this uh ultimately Everton are into the next round they've won four from four so far this season we're all made up let's make it five from five against Crystal Palace at the weekend we'll speak to you then searching for just the right job whether you're looking for full-time part-time or seasonal work you can get started today Amazon jobs offer the whole package with great pay and flexible shifts that allow you to choose when and how much you work 
Find a warehouse close to home and discover the role that works for you. To get your application started for an hourly job, go to Amazon.com slash apply. That's Amazon.com slash apply. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.